Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. And welcome to this Rebel Reject Create Deep Dive episode, where I'm going to jump in and tear apart and look a little bit deeper into some of the things that Cliff Goldmacher said during his interview with me, which took place in Season 1 of the Rebel Reject Create podcast. So... Cliff is a songwriter, and he's had a, a Billboard number one hit, uh, and, and that's what he does. He's not an artist. He doesn't play in bands or perform. He writes songs. Uh, but as he himself says, the songwriting process serves as a great model for the overall creative process, and then that acts as a great model for the innovation process. So an awful lot to learn from someone who writes number one hits on Billboard. And so, of course, my first question to Cliff was, so how do you write a number one billboard hit? And his answer was really, really simple. He said, you don't know while you're doing it. (laughs) I love this answer because it just really gelled with my own experience. But not only for that, I mean... It, it, it's great to have ambitions when you are ideating or innovating and changing. I mean, you know, you need some motivation to dive down that rabbit hole, right? To change things up, to step into the unknown. But being too focused on those goals can actually get in your way. And as Cliff says, the truth of the matter is that you just don't know what is going to come out the other side when you start a creative process. He's written over a thousand songs, and it's this one tune that turned out to be a Billboard number one. Didn't know that before he started, didn't know about it when he was in the middle of it. That's what happened afterwards. So what this means for everyday humans who are trying to innovate or change or grow and create stuff, it's quite simple. It means you have to keep starting the process, new each and every time. You have to take that leap into the unknown. And then you have to follow your ideas and thoughts down the trail until you've gotten where they are going. Only once you have done that will you be able to stop, reflect, and assess the potential value of what you have created. And sometimes it's not even you that can do that. Sometimes it takes someone else to see or hear what you've done and go, whoa, that's amazing. So what Cliff goes on to say is that he feels that with writing this number one hit, it was a big confluence of other factors that also led to the success of that song. So it was the right song written for the right artist. It came out at the right time and it had the right record company behind it, promoting it and looking after the artist and the song. So in other words, you know, you're just never going to know the value of what you're doing until way after you're done. And there's so many other factors that have an influence on whether any idea is going to succeed or not, that it's just not worth worrying about it when you are starting to ideate. So what comes out of this thought from Cliff? Don't stop doing. Don't throw away half-formed ideas. Park them, 
come back to them. Add or remove bits, add new angles, because your opinion on its value is, is actually worthless. But if you can finish it, then you can take it out into the light and gauge the reactions of others. I mean, this totally resonates with my experience of publishing my first book of poetry. I put stuff up on Facebook every day for a year and a half. On day one, I put up a poem that I thought was a stunning piece of work. Absolutely amazing, insightful, tightly wrought craft. And there was absolutely no reaction. On day two, I put up a piece which I thought was a slightly cliched, overly emotional, not so tightly wrought, could do with some work piece. And the reactions were staggering. People feeling that I was speaking to their heart, that I could look into their soul. And what I realized was indeed what Cliff is talking about in this interview is that you know, my opinion of how good any poem is, is actually irrelevant. You know, I'm not going to buy the poetry book, so why should I care? You know, why is my idea of the value the benchmark, which tells me whether I should actually finish something or not? So, so many people I talk to make this exact mistake. They allow their own opinion, which is often far too modest, to be the final judge of how good a new idea or piece of work is, and stop before they are finished. They throw it away, and they move on to the next thing. No! Don't be that person. Finish it. Work on it. Hard and with conviction. Yes! There's a chance that it won't be the best thing ever, but until it's finished, until you take it out into the world, no one, including you, will ever know. So you need to find a way to overcome your own internal critic and push on, regardless, until these things are done. So how can you do that? Well, um, you can tell yourself that you're just playing, that it's not serious, um, this isn't part of the actual project, it's just a sideline, a bit of fun. Or you can say that you're experimenting, you're actually trying to eliminate all the things that won't work first, and so on and so on. And you'll find that as long as you <clears throat> start all of those things and see them all the way through, that you will get better and nicer ideas, and stuff will come out of that whole process which will surprise you. And so what emerges from this conversation so far with Cliff is that despite the total uncertainty of the outcome, he has developed a process that he feels gives him the best chance of coming up with good songs. And what's more, that he did not have this process when he started. It's something you develop, that you discover only through doing the process over and over and over and over to completion, and then getting feedback. Only through doing that will you develop these shortcuts, these methods and personal approaches to getting stuff done and by getting it wrong and by getting it right. But you've got to actually do it and finish it. And so, you know, the, the method that Cliff's got is basically irrelevant. You will find your own method by doing what you do. But of course, if you want to know what Cliff's method is, you can go and listen to the original podcast. Now, the next huge insight that Cliff shared, I didn't really pick up on it on the time during the interview. I was kind of well disguised. He mentions how he was just chatting to the artist he wrote this number one hit for and how something in the conversation led to another thing and that became the avenue for the song. 
And so what he's saying here is you really need to be paying attention to everything, all the small stuff. Okay, so that sounds pretty obvious. But the implication is that you can't be half distracted by your mobile phone or your social media alerts or your email. You have to be there, front and center, present in the room and interacting with your environment so that you can pick up on all the cues because they won't always be obvious. And one thing will lead to another. But they are there, those cues. And if you miss them, you'll miss the chain of connection that leads you one step after the other, finally all the way to the really, really good thing. You've got to let go and let that happen. You cannot control it. Stop trying to control it or dictate it. Let the natural flow of things have their own way. When you try to control, you dictate terms. And when you dictate terms, what comes up and what comes out looks a lot like other stuff you made. Let it go. Let the situation flow. And then you arrive at new and unexpected destinations. No control freaks allowed. This final insight from Cliff rules. The creative process is only strangled by trying to manage it closely. Bam. That's what you needed to hear today. The creative process is only strangled by trying to manage it closely. Relax. Stop trying to control. Be present. Follow the flow. Ask questions. Pursue connection. The process then takes care of itself. It can't help itself to take care of itself, and you can't help it. Goodbye, control freaks. So, Cliff was really just dropping inspiration bombs through this early part of the conversation. In this deep dive, I'm not even going to get to the end of the conversation because of the density of what actually came out in this initial part. So the next thing he says is, First thought, best thought. He wants you to just keep moving through the process with whatever thought or idea you first had. And don't stop and question it or second guess it. Just run with it until it's done. Don't refine or analyze until you've got the whole thing down. It's like that morning pages routine. You, you put the timer on, you put your pen on the page, and you just write until everything that's in your head is out. And you don't worry about the spelling or the grammar or anything. Just boom. Only once that is finished, when you've got everything that you possibly were thinking about the topic down, then and only then should you start to ask all the hard questions. In some ways, this is just another way of saying what Cliff spoke about right at the beginning. Finish it! Don't stop and start. Trust yourself and your instincts. If you do this, you will finish more things, and that gives you the fuel required to learn to trust your judgment and your instincts. You know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a closed circle. You know, you've got to trust your instincts. You've got to trust your judgment, but it's difficult to do that until you've got a track record. But the only way you can get a track record is by trusting them and just doing anyway. So don't let the rational mind trip you up with negative what-ifs and hell knows. Keep on trucking until the gas is gone. Cliff aims to stay in the flow state, in that sort of going from one thing to another without really thinking too hard about it for as long as possible. And only when he feels like 
He's emptied the tank. Will he re-engage the rational editor mind? As Cliff says, ideas are a dime a dozen. So don't get too attached to a single idea. Keep moving forward. Keep on pushing. Keep on finishing things off. And then coming back. And then coming back. And this applies no matter where you need your creative thoughts. If you need innovation, don't just latch on to the first idea. Latch on to it. Go into flow. Get it all down. Analyze it. Think about it. Tidy it up. Get on to the next one. Get on to the next one. And only through that process will you finally come to a place where what's coming through is useful. We need to exercise our uncertainty muscle so that it's easier for us to step out of the patterns and the pre-established ways of doing things and discover something new. And I think this is an attitude that from musicians we totally accept because we kind of just go, well, yeah, you're probably sitting there smoking a joint and drinking a beer and there's no pressure. And that last thing is what's so important here. There's no pressure. You don't need a joint or a beer to experience no pressure when you're ideating. You just need to understand that you have to experience no pressure when you're ideating because there, should, there can be no pressure on ideation. It, it screws it up every time. So separate the ideation time from the development time. That is the golden key. This has been a deep dive episode of the Rebel Reject Create podcast with me, David Chislett. So please, if you enjoyed what you heard today, go back and listen to the full interview with Cliff. It's, uh, it's here in the list, in the playlist. If you like heard, please click the like button, click the follow button, subscribe to the channel. There's plenty more of these where this one came from. And I look forward to seeing you here in the audience with my next episode. And remember, rebel against the status quo. Reject your own biases and preconceptions so that you have space to create the new. Until next time.